Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the readings for the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord. And with this, the Gospel lesson from St. Matthew chapter 5 is the continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. And we see in the sermon that Jesus is setting up some amazing things. At the beginning, we heard the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn, those who thirst for righteousness, those who are peacemaker, the merciful. And he sets this up, and with that, it is our connection to who Jesus is. He is truly the blessed of God, and he He comes and makes himself available. He brings himself to you, or better yet, he brings you out of your death, out of your sin, into him. And he does this through the sending of the Holy Spirit, the creation, creating of saving faith, belief in him. And we, the people of God, become the body of Christ. We're incorporated, we're brought into him. And so his blessings become our blessings. His work becomes our work. His holiness becomes our holiness. And this is really important because when we understand who we are in Christ— We not only see Christ, but we get to live out his gifts and his blessings, not because of our work, but because of his work and what he continues to do to sustain that, to build that, to keep that. And these are really important because this is the sanctified life. We are justified only in the work of Christ, which means that the work needed to open heaven to you, to me, has taken place in and through Christ and Christ alone. We didn't add to our salvation. We didn't add to the work of the cross. We didn't add our perfection to Jesus' perfection. We didn't add any completion of the law to Jesus' completion of the law. And these are really, really important because, well, at the end of the day, we have issues with the first commandment. We shall have no other God. We want to do the work of God. We want to reason like God. In fact, we want to paint God into a box and make him conform to our limited understanding, our limited actions. We want to make God into the genie in the sky. I heard the statement that uh, we want to make uh, God into the divine vending machine. We put in the right words, the right prayer, the right ritual, and we get out what we're asking for, a blessing or, or whatever. And all of this is, is the misuse of our relationship that God has given to us in Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so again, the, the blessings, the Beatitudes set the foundation for our life in Christ. Now today in the gospel lesson, we have the work that we get to do. 
Jesus says, You have heard that it is said to those of old, You shall not mur- murder, but whoever murder will, murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So this, again, is huge. Because God in Christ through the Holy Spirit is telling you what you need to be, how you need to act. And so we were told that we're the salt of the earth, the light of the world, because of what God has done to us. He has made us salty. He has made us light by setting Christ in us. So what does that do? Now we get some practical things. And I I love this because my old Adam jumps up for joy because now we're going to talk about things to do. So we hear Jesus saying, don't murder. I'm going to go out on a limb, dear listener, and say that you haven't murdered anybody today. So now, do we get to pat ourselves on the back, puff up our chest, and say, look how good I am. I have not murdered anybody. Well, Jesus says, well, good for you. Have you insulted anybody? Do you hate anybody? Have you uh, thought bad thoughts about other people? And then right there, it's kind of like, Jesus, can't you just throw me a bone? Can't, Can't you look how good I am? I haven't murdered anybody. Can't that be enough? Can't you just accept my work and say, good enough? And Jesus says, no. If you're going to rely on your work, if you're going to look in, on, and through yourself as the way to salvation, then this is what the law demands. No, it is not good enough that you haven't murdered anybody today, yesterday, or even in the future. It is not good enough for you just not to kill people. You must think of them as you think of yourself, loving yourself, loving the neighbor, being sacrificial in the way you treat others. You can't even insult people. You can't even mistreat people in your mind. You can't say mean things and so on and so forth. And this really lays this situation that we sin in our thoughts, we sin in our words, and we sin in our actions. We can't look at the law of God, the Ten Commandments, and just do the surface view of it. Well, I don't have any idols in my house, so I'm not worshiping false gods. I don't cuss and swear and use God's name in the wrong way, so I I don't misuse his name. I go to church, so obviously I keep the third commandment, and so on and so forth. But we see in all of these commandments, God is saying, I want you. Not just your outward deeds, not just lip service, not just nice thoughts. I want all of you. I want your spirit. I want your soul. I want your body. I want your actions. I want your speech. I want your thoughts, your feelings. I want them all to conform to the life that I have put into you, the life of my only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the one who is perfect, the one who is obedient, the one who never sinned in thought, word, or deed. This is what has been laid before you. 
This is what is commanded of you. This is what the law demands of you. Now, if we start thinking, hey, I'm not that bad, the law pulls out the carpet from underneath us. Because again, it shows and reveals, yeah, actually we are that bad. And Jesus lays this out in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is to help us change our perspective. This is to help us realize our utter dependence upon Jesus for salvation, for the way to heaven. Because the moment we start thinking, I can do this, I'm not that bad, we're actually looking upon the cross and saying, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins, but I got this. I'll take care of this. And we're saying that when he said, it's finished, we're saying, well, I'll add a little bit more. I'll do a little bit. And we're saying that we're telling God, no, it's not finished, and I'll take care of it. We need to take Jesus and God at his word. We need to make sure that we are putting ourselves under the work of the cross, under the work of what God has delivered in Jesus. In fact, we have God in the Old Testament speaking through Moses, and we hear in Deuteronomy 3, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you will live and multiply, and the Lord God will bless you in the land you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. And so those those were the first couple of verses of the Old Testament lesson. And I, I really appreciate what Moses, through the Holy Spirit, is revealing. And again, for the season of Epiphany, the, the revealing of the things that were once hidden are now being given, seen, revealed, shown, so that people can see life, people can see God's hand at work. And we hear again, Today I set before you life and good, death and evil. So we have life, we have good, and of course it's quick and easy to say, oh yes, it's found in Jesus. Yes, it's found in his work. Thanks and praise be to God. But then we have this death and evil, and it almost seems as God, as if God is giving you a choice. Well, dear listener, I get to tell you that there are in fact two ways to get into heaven, and one of them will not work. You can believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior, letting the Holy Spirit do what he promises to do, create saving faith, helping and sustaining, sanctifying, and holding you to life everlasting. So even your faith is a work of God. Or you can look at the Old Testament, specifically the Torah, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And you can look at all the laws that God gives us, and you can say, God, I will complete this perfectly as you have said, asked, requested, and demanded. 
I will take care of this. I will make payments for my sin. I will redeem myself. So those are the two ways you can get into heaven. And as I said, one of those will not work. Jesus will say, Therefore, go and be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. We can't do this. And when we think about this for more than five seconds, how quickly despair, how quickly hopelessness starts working to set and hold on to you. You can't complete it. You can't do this. Does God really love you? Did God really forgive you? These are all the lies of Satan that he established in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? Did God really do? Is God holding out on you? And we get to say, yes, God said I'm forgiven. Yes, God made me alive. Yes, God has gifted me with the blessings of all that he promises to do. In all these things, we get to see the work of God given to us in his promises of Christ crucified, Christ living, Christ resurrected. What greater things can we as his people have when we look upon him and know that his word does reign in our lives, that his word does carry the might the power, the fulfillment of all his good and gracious will. And this, again, changes everything about us because we're no longer sinners lost in death, but we are saints lost in the immensity of his love. And by lost, I mean that it's just so abundant that it is lavished upon us that we can't exhaust this love. We can't exhaust this forgiveness. This doesn't mean that we now abuse it, that we take it for granted, granted that we uh, continue to sin so that grace may abound. We actually get to hold on to these very promises because they are the promises that sustain us, keep us alive, and motivate us. And this motivation is the life and good of Christ put in and upon us. We now, as new creatures, as new creation, as the body of Christ, we now simply do good works because that's what flows from us. That's just who we are. We don't have to make a checklist. Today, I'm going to help three old ladies cross the street. I'm going to make sure I don't kill anybody. I'm going to make sure that I do this good thing, that good thing, so on and so forth. No, these are the things that just happen because we have who God is, Jesus Christ in and through us. And again, the Old Testament lesson sets this up, and Jesus has been setting this up in his Sermon on the Mount. And we get to make sure that we're included in this for the simple fact that all that God gives to us is in and through Christ. And this isn't just a works righteous thing. We heard uh, last week from Pastor Herberts that the Pharisees were accused of being whitewashed tombs, that they looked all nice and pretty on the outside, but they were decaying bones on the inside. And this is what Jesus is setting up in the Sermon on the Mount. Who will you be? 
What will you be? Will you be the salt and light that I have made you? Then understand what God is telling you in the law and how you are to act in this. And this really should bring us to our knees and in repentance. And this isn't the quaking, Lord, please do not wipe me out. But this is, Lord God, forgive me, strengthen me, that I may be your servant as I live, love, and work with those who you have placed in my life, those who are in my life, my neighbor. And these are the things that we get to struggle with because, well, we're sinners, we're weak, we're limited. And with that, it is this constant state of tension. We see the righteousness demanded of us, and we see our failings. But in all of this, we see that Christ has completed this. Christ has fulfilled this. And I get to live as if I have already done the law, as if I have already completed the demands of God, because they are completed in Christ. And he has given me that gift. So now I have the freedom to love you. I have the freedom to serve you. I have the freedom to do acts of mercy without the worry of God's wrath because it's already been taken away. That threat of the law no longer has any teeth. Now we get to use the law to help us so that we do not get so high and mighty. And as I started this, this podcast episode off, you know, the whole idea that, oh, I must be really good because I haven't murdered anybody today. No, this is the fullness of who and what we are in Christ and how we continue to not only build ourselves up in Christ so that we can build others in Christ. And this isn't that we seclude ourselves and we have to make sure that we have all the right answers. We know all the proof text, all the Bible passages. This means that we're secure in our faith. And that means even struggling in our faith. But at the end of the day, knowing that Jesus, the Holy Ghost, God our Father, has overcome our doubts, has overcome our sin, and has overcome our death. And so we get to say, truly with excitement, today, life and good has been set before us because death and evil have been taken away from us. So we rejoice and live in the light and life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform. This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.